All right. Yep. Any questions or thoughts for either of us? Please tell us about your children. Yeah. So Caleb, our oldest, uh, is 17. He's he's at home. Uh, he our our church has a outreach basketball league that he helps with. So our whole, we had a, a group from our church up here this week. A little over 100 people came up for the Creation Museum and the Ark. And so they all went home today. He went home with the family, and so we are staying the weekend. So Caleb's the oldest, 17. Kate is almost 15. And then Christopher is 7, will turn 8 in June. And Caroline is 5, will turn 6 in April. Mm-hmm. Right there, yes. So those are the, <laughs> those, are the, uh, those are the other three. While you're thinking, I can say a few words about G3 Ministries. Um, so uh, G3 is uh, a, a ministry that's seeking simply to encourage and equip God's people with various resources. Uh, it started as a conference out of our church, Praise Mill Baptist Church, just west of Atlanta, and it's grown to be one of the largest evangelical conferences that are out there. We had 80, 8,300 people uh, at our conference in October, and uh, just a great encouragement. But out of out of the growth of that conference... Uh, we launched G3 Ministries, and I was brought on to head that up as vice president. And so now we publish books, and uh, we have a G3 Plus app, which has a lot of resources. In fact, every single book that we publish is in G3 Plus as an ebook. We've got audiobooks, video teaching series. Uh, I mentioned to the men that we have hymn, piano accompaniments in there, all sorts of resources. So um, we're trying to simply produce resources to equip God's people. And then we have a network of churches as well. There's brochures back there, a network of churches that's grown to about 215, 220 churches. And uh, that's a wonderful means of mutual encouragement among pastors as well as churches as, and uh, contributing in church planting and missions and those sorts of things as well. So really encouraged with the growth of G3 and seeking to, to build more resources to be help to people. Homeschool curriculum coming soon through G3 and other family worship resources as well. So a lot of things that ties into this evening. How do you encourage your sons to sing loudly? Yeah, so I mean, I've never had to, to teach him to sing loudly or try to encourage him. Or like I mentioned to the men, you know, I've never had to, to you know, teach him that singing is not weird or not manly because it's all he's ever known. So how did I teach him to sing loudly? By singing loudly. And, okay, I'm, I'm probably a little louder than most, but, <laughs> you know, we just, we sing a lot. Um, and we sing outside. I mean, I, you know, they, they joke with me. I, I sing all the time, you know, around the house. Um, so it's, I think just doing it and modeling it, you know, um, for, your, for your boys. And, and they, don't, they just don't know any different. Like, he's 17 and he, he doesn't know it's weird. I mean, now he kind of knows that, He's supposed to think it's weird, but he doesn't think it's weird, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, just modeling it. Does that influence other young men to sing? I mean, it does carry along, carry, carry, carry over. Caleb just sings at the top of his lungs, and um, and he, you know, he he'll now. We talked with the men about learning to sing parts and the Sing Your Part app, so he can read music. So he'll sing the melody, and then he'll sing the alto, and then he'll sing the tenor, and then he'll sing the bass, and he'll just kind of rotate through the parts, you know, during during the the songs. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm sure that has an impact on younger boys who might look up to him. I don't know how much of an impact it has on other teenage boys because 
know, once you get to that age, you're kind of set in your ways. But I'm sure there are young, younger boys who, you know, might that might have some impact for sure. Yep. You said you should role play on Saturday to get ready for Sunday. Are you saying you should wake up, get dressed for church? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, using using family worship time, like particularly if you notice on Sunday your kids are having trouble paying attention during the scripture reading, or you know, or they're not they're not opening their hymnals and singing. Okay, well then use family worship, identify those problems, and when you gather for family worship, highlight those things. Say, okay, now listen, listen, guys, we've had some trouble with this. Let's practice now. This is what I want you to do when we when we're singing a hymn. You might not even be able to read yet, but I want you to open it. I want you to sing the best best that you can, you know. So you're just using that. No, not not dressing up, not getting up, you know, just just using family worship to practice some areas that might need to to be practiced for. Or even when like when our kids were were really little, you know, it's natural for a young toddler to when they, if they have a question, they just speak out, right? So, um, one thing we would often do is just whisper in their ears whisper, 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 you know, just to get them to understand, oh, I'm supposed to be whispering. Well, I would do that in our family worship too, even though it's not as big a deal that they're speaking out. But by practicing that during the week, we're preparing them to do it on Sunday. Good question. No, please don't get up early and dress up. The last I read, you were thinking that the Living Heritage curriculum would be available in April? Yes, Lord willing. Um, yeah, I'm working hard to get that. The so it'll be sort of two, uh, two, two, two types or availability. The basic curriculum, which is um, more of a weekly plan, and then you can you know schedule the different readings and subjects, however fit into your week, and then more of a premium uh, premium plans, which will be more of a daily. Like this is what you do every day, and it will have more specific. Um, more specific content and of more content. Um, so uh, the basic plans I'm hoping will be available by the end of April and then the premium plans, which is going to be more of a just open and go. You don't have to plan anything or do anything. Um, that's hopefully by the end of the summer before the next you know traditional school year would start. How do you help your children, especially when professions of faith come and helping them into maturity in Christ? Yeah. So that that's can be tricky, you know, for kids growing growing up in in Christian homes. You know, it's very natural. Especially every kid, this is one of those areas where every kid is different, right? Uh, our oldest again, Caleb, he 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 sinned very strong, and you didn't have to convince him that he was a sinner. So he recognized his sinfulness at an early age, you know. Um, but I, you know, very very early. I can't remember how early, but he started, you know asking about baptism or saying that he, you know, was saved. And you got to be careful about that, right, because you don't want to give them a false assurance. So our, our, you know, method there has been when they start talking about it to kind of, you know, encourage them in it, but kind of push them off. And if it's genuine, they're going to keep, they're going to keep, you know, coming back. Um, so, and then, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I grew up, you know, making a false profession at a very young age because it was kind of the accepted thing to do. So I think maybe I'm a little sensitive to that. For a, you know, for a while, when our kids were really young, I was like, they're not going to be baptized until they're 18 and they're showing, you know, fruits of repentance. And, um, but uh, I got, I, we, we got to the place, we, we make a very big deal of when they turn 13 
as sort of a coming of age time. We have a special dinner for them and really kind of try to communicate to them. This is you're you're kind of entering adulthood now. You know, you're you're leaving you're leaving childhood. And when we did that with Caleb at 13, and he had sort of made a profession, um, I thought, well, if I'm telling him that he's old enough to start becoming a man, then if he's you know if, if he's convinced he's a Christian and he's showing fruit, and by that I mean when he sins. He comes under conviction and you know and repents. Then I didn't want to prohibit him from baptism, so he was baptized at 13. Um, you know, so I think that that's another thing you just got to you got to be really um, sensitive to your children. And where you know parents, I think our, our church's practice is we try to discourage really really young baptisms, but ultimately we want to leave it to the wisdom of the parents because we know that the parents are the ones who have the most insight into their children. Um, but how to, how to sort of lead them in, in, in discipleship beyond then? Uh, here's the thing, you know, you need the gospel for salvation, and then you continue to need the gospel for sanctification, right? So even if you're not quite sure where a child is, you know, maybe, maybe they are, are repentant, but because they've grown up in a Christian home, they're just not quite sure, they didn't have any sort of crisis moment, you know. Well, still, okay, give them the gospel, teach them what baptism is, teach them what assurance of salvation is, and then if they are truly believers, then through that, that will come to light and and be more confirmed. And if they're not already converted, well, then that's the exact message they need to hear anyway. So either way, they need to hear biblical truth, they need to have, they need family worship, they need the church, they need the spiritual disciplines. So whether whether a child is not a Christian yet or, or is, they need the same, they need the same things. So, what is a good Bible book to start in family worship? Yeah, I mean we've we've you know we've we've started in Genesis and just read straight through. Um, if your kids are real young, you know what? Well, so I mentioned in the men's group. So, so you laugh about this when I think Kate was six and Caleb was eight. I decided, all right, I'm going to have them read through the Bible in a year. So we got a plan, and we all did it together. And they made it through, but it was hard, especially for a six-year-old, right? So it was after that I decided, you know what, I want them, I want them to be immersed in the Bible. We want them to be reading regularly, but maybe at that age, trying to get through the whole Bible is, is, is tough. And that would probably be, be true with like family worship, too. When your kids are little, setting the goal of trying to read through the whole Bible is probably a bit much for the little kids. So that's where I developed the Tune My Heart Bible reading plan, which is just, it's not the whole Bible, but it's all of the major narratives, the major major Bible stories, and Psalms and Proverbs. So I actually initially developed that so that our seven and nine-year-old would have a Bible reading plan that they could do, but it could be used for family worship too. So that would be something you could do because then it works, you know, it starts in Genesis and it works through the Old Testament, the New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs, but not everything. So not necessarily all the genealogies, not necessarily much of Leviticus, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that might be harder for younger kids um, you can slip through. But yeah, I, I would, we, we recently read through Genesis again and then I decided we're not going to move straight into Exodus. You know, maybe let's go somewhere else so that there's a little bit of variety, maybe do something out of the New Testament or some uh, kind of a a children's theology book, you know, instead of 
just the scripture. So you, got, you have to be sensitive to your kids. And again, the goal is not to make it a legalistic drudgery, but to make it something that can be done joyfully and reverently. And that was one of the resources I was going to mention as well, the Tune My Heart Bible Narratives Reading Plan. We also have a catechism. Um, in the, is that in, in Tune My Heart? Mm-hmm. Um, which is 52 questions. So you can get through one question a week. Um, and then someone was asking me about scripture memory. One thing that we've used with our kids for a number of years is the Scripture Box app. Um, and that is you, you're learning a new verse. And then if you've, you know, if, assuming you're not brand new to the app, um, if you've been learning, then it cycles through a review verse one review verse a day, and then also um, one for the day of the month that you're on, and then I think there's an otter even as well. So you're learning a new verse and reviewing three verses. Um, so that's a good way to memorize with, with your kids so that they can um, you know, be constantly reviewing the verses that you've gone over and they don't, you know, they don't forget those. And then this, he mentioned in the men's session the Sing Your Part app, which is a great way, especially if you're not confident singing hymns with your kids or you want to learn a new hymn, to use the Sing Your Part app to learn the melody and then learn parts so that you're looking out of the hymnal you know, while you're singing. All right. Hope that's helpful. Let's pray together. Father, once again, we're so thankful for this privilege we have of rearing up uh, children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, and I pray that this evening would have been an encouragement, uh, maybe convicting, and uh, just a way for us to recommit to this wonderful task you've given to us, and uh, we pray that we would, we would do that, that we would see these young children come to know the Lord and come to love him and obey him and be disciple worshipers of him for your glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.